Pittsburgh Steeler fans, welcome back to another episode of Steeler Stat Geek. This is Steel Curtain Editor Dave Schofield coming at you. It's Thursday morning. It's going into week five. Blah, blah, blah. Does all that really matter? I mean, come on. I, I Every time I talk about how where we are on the calendar and how far we are away from Steelers football, I'm sorry, but I know it's a long off season. But if all we're going to get is things like what we saw in week four in Houston, what what's the anticipation for? That's like waiting all year for Christmas to get nothing but socks that don't fit. You know, <laughs> I mean, I, I don't even know how else to describe it. It's just one of those things that's like, yeah, we can sit here and talk about all the excitement and everything. But that one just that one's gonna that one sticks with the fans. This one's really sticking with the fans because there seems something systematic. There really does. There's been a lot of outcry, rightfully so. I've said before throughout my other podcasts, I was so frustrated with this team, I decided not to go to the game this weekend. So part of me almost wants to see how are the fans going to react. I, I want to hear the fire candidate chant before the game even starts. But uh, right now, I don't know if it's just stubbornness. I've gone on the record to say it is not Mike Tomlin's stubbornness. Mike Tomlin wants to change as well. This stubbornness comes from the very, very top. But you know what? It is what it is. And as I said on the Scobro Show on Tuesday night, it's a shame that it seems like Coach Tomlin is trying to tweak and do everything that he can to make up for the obvious deficiencies. We felt that way in the past where it almost seems like the Steelers are trying to bring out other things from other places to overcome the problems that they have. Some people believed at the end of Ben Roethlisberger's career was the problems of him not being able to throw the ball downfield, that he wasn't the same after the injury, things of that nature. Then you also got the the, the issues last year of having to overcome the, the rookie quarterback that the Steelers wouldn't have take any chances and those kind of things. So everything that the Steelers are trying to do is to minimize that so they have to maximize pretty much everything else right now. And I know some people were frustrated with Coach Tomlin and the changes and all the things he's saying. No, I'm not. I'm, I get what he's saying, and I don't think he should say anything more than he is. I know Jeff didn't agree with that. That's a lot of what he talked about on Let's Ride. But that's not the way that I feel about it. I feel that the that that's what came from Coach Tomlin on Tuesday, which you can go back and listen to my recap, is what I felt was about it that Coach Tomlin could do with everything. But it's just kind of one of those – it's just so sad that that – other things have to go perfectly just to overcome other things that seem like they could be a much easier fix for improvement to fix the big things rather than have to try to fix eight or nine little things to make that one big thing not so big. You're trying to take all, you're trying to make a bunch of other things that aren't as big and make them all line up perfectly so the big thing's smaller. Why not just fix the big thing? I, I wasn't this way before, but I really am. I, I'm on this train now. But there I am going off a little bit for the first couple minutes of this. This is Stat Geek. Let's get to the numbers. First of all, I got to say this. Last week, if I went by the numbers, the Steelers shouldn't have beat Houston. 
The Steelers, all the numbers said to the contrary, that the bottom line was, if you look at the four key statistics of yardage, points, rushing yards, passing yards, if you look at those four key statistics and where the Steelers rank with all of them, in other words, overall for offense where you can debate whether it should be yards or points. The NFL goes by yards. Some people think points is more appropriate. That's why I do both. Do both. Overall offense, passing offense, rushing offense. Oh, excuse me. That I would do that for the Steelers and for Houston, both on offense and on defense. So in essence, I'm looking at eight for each one of them. But if you're, since you're comparing eight different things, the only one of those eight that the Steelers were ranked higher than Houston was point surrendered on defense. They were 19th where Houston was 22nd. It's not like it was a big stark difference, but everything else Houston was higher. Everything else Houston was higher. And, but part of me just, you know, oh, it has to do with who the Steelers played. It was a small sample size, everything else. The numbers were screaming. This was going to be a problem if the Steelers didn't show up to play. And it was a problem. But, I mean, my goodness, look, offense, yards, Steelers 27th offense, Houston 14th offense. Defense, Steelers 28th defense, Houston 16th defense, just overall. And, of course, these numbers are changing going into this week, so we'll look at those numbers both with the Steelers and Baltimore in the second half. But all those numbers screamed Houston. But then I look at those other two key statistics. I look at those other two key statistics of sacks, and turnovers slash takeaways, depending if you're looking at offense or defense. And out of those, the four different matchups, sacks and turnovers on offense, sacks, takeaways on defense, out of those four, the Steelers had a decisive advantage in three out of four. The only one they didn't was that Houston didn't turn the ball over as much as the Steelers. That was the only difference. So in other words, what – I was relying on last week when I believed the Steelers were going to win that game and win it decisively when it was actually the opposite that happened. What I was relying on is what the Steelers have come to rely on too much, in my opinion, and that is winning on splash. The Steelers are winning by splash. If they don't get the splash, they don't get the W. If the Steelers aren't sacking the quarterback – and taking the ball away on defense, they're not going to win. And you're going to have games that you don't sack the quarterback or rarely sack the quarterback, and you can't get a takeaway. And if that's the only way the Steelers can win, that's in, that's a problem because you're going to have games where you do those things and still don't win. You know, Steelers have to take care of the ball themselves and force takeaways. Four games, the Steelers have followed suit when it comes to turnover margin. This is getting into some of the numbers from last week. They followed suit every time. When the Steelers are negative, they lose, and they lose bad. It's only a negative one. Both losses, they were minus one in the turnover department, in the turnover margin. Minus one, and they get crushed. 30-7, to 30-6. The other games, when they're on the plus side, they win by just getting by. What does that tell you? The Steelers are very reliant on splash. What were they not getting in Houston? No sacks, no takeaways, no good performance is what happened. 
So they are really relying so much on those statistics rather than actually producing the, you know, producing results on offense, scoring points, getting yards to score those points on defense, holding their holding their opponents to less yards, not giving up as many points. That's not the Steelers. Unfortunately, their identity is splash. That's their identity. And if there's no splash, it's no good. That's just kind of how it goes right now. I mean, and last week you would think, oh, with that offensive line, that the Steelers could 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 get some sacks. Bottom line is, I don't personally. I think the Steelers didn't get enough pressure up the middle. They the Houston was working very hard. They were constantly giving help for T.J. Watt. Um, it was what it was. But if they're giving so much attention to T.J. Watt, the guys in the middle, they got to win their one-on-ones. They got to win their one-on-ones and get some pressure up the middle then. The, the pressure has to come from somewhere, and it doesn't always have to be the edge on both sides. It, it, that's just the way it's going to have to be, and it didn't happen. So, therefore, Houston had a plan. They, they hit big on some screens to try to slow down the pass rush, and it worked. It worked. And then – as Matt Canada himself admits, this offense isn't designed to come from behind. Well, guess what? If your defense isn't bailing you out you're and you're not doing anything, which we're going to talk about that shortly. If your defense isn't, if your offense isn't designed to come from behind, you're putting all the weight on the defense because your offense isn't designed to score early either. You can't have it both ways. Well, we can't come from behind, and we can't score early. Well, then guess what? You can't do anything. Then you can't do anything. And we're going to talk about the scoring early here. I'm I'm getting so tongue-twisted. Scoring early. There, I finally got that out there. It's not squirrely. Scoring early. As soon as I go over a few more of these numbers from this past game. I mean, my goodness, the Houston Texans, they did not have a very good rushing attack. They were 28th in the NFL, but – they were still better than the Steelers who were 30th. So you think, oh, something's going to give here. Maybe the Steelers will be able to run the ball, which they did in the third quarter is when they really started going. I mean, my goodness, Najee Harris, how many yards did he have? He had 71 yards, but 55 of them came in the third quarter. 55. That You can't wait into the third quarter to try to get going. You can't wait to the third quarter to try to go. My goodness, this goes back to the last time the Steelers were in the postseason. My goodness, the defense was doing things to Kansas City that hadn't been done all season that that year. They stopped them on five consecutive drives to start the game. Even scored a defensive touchdown on one of them. Stopped them on five consecutive drives. Hadn't happened all year but yet the offense did absolutely nothing, and therefore it finally caught up to the defense. You can't put that much out there. You can't have the stars align perfectly where the defense has to continue to give up absolutely nothing while the offense takes a quarter or two to get going, and then, oh, maybe we're in a low enough scoring game that we can get some points and win the game. It doesn't work that way. That is a terrible recipe for success in the NFL. That is a recipe that can barely get you to 500, which as we know now as Steelers fans is what the Steelers do all the time, but should not be the standard. That recipe barely gets you by 
And that's why the Steelers haven't won a playoff game since the 2016 season. That they haven't won a playoff game since Dan Rooney passed away. Yes, that's how it goes. So my my, my goodness, all right? I'm, I'm still getting worked up. Here we are. This far into it, we're supposed to be looking ahead, and I'm still getting worked up looking looking behind. I mean, Najee Harris ended up with 71 rushing yards. The Steelers' wide receivers combined had 57 receiving yards. That's how long Chris Boswell's field goal was against the Raiders, his long one. And that's how many receiving yards that were to receivers in that game. Now, I'm not saying that that's necessarily on the receivers. I'm saying that's on the offense. That that's on the. I mean, they barely got over a hundred, a hundred yards passing, net yards. They barely got over that. And then the Steelers continue to have a problem of letting one receiver torch them. All right, it's happened three of the four weeks. You could argue that Amari Cooper was somewhat. He had seventy yards on seven receptions, but he's the only receiver that didn't have two touchdowns in the game when they had all these yards. He had none. And it still took two defensive scores from the Steelers in order for them to beat the Browns. So that one was that one was is the little bit of the outlier where they did better. Oh, only 90 yards and no touchdowns. The other three guys, I mean, my goodness, Nico Collins this week, 168 yards, two touchdowns. Week before, Devontae Adams, 172 yards, two touchdowns. Week one, Brandon Ayuk, 129 yards, two touchdowns. That is a bad pattern. My, my goodness, it's just the way things go. And the Steelers, I mean, oh, hey, look what they did. They actually got into the red zone this game twice. Yeah, came away with two field goals, okay? On the season, the Steelers are two for five in the red zone. I don't know what's embarrassing more, the fact that they've only reached the red zone five times in four games or that they only have two touchdowns to for, from there. It's because – the Steelers are better off scoring on splash. There was all kinds of complaints of, oh, look, the Steelers didn't score from outside the red zone last year. They didn't score from outside the red zone last year. That's true. But my goodness, it's the only thing that you, the only way you can score now is from outside the red zone. You got to have the big, the big spliggity splash plays. Ah, that's a problem. That is a problem. And man, the Steelers are dealing with some injuries. Looks like Kenny Pickett might be able to play. He practiced in a limited fashion on Wednesday, as Coach Tomlin said. But, I mean, Pat Fairmuth is doubtful. That means he's not playing. Dan Moore Jr. already ruled out. I wouldn't be shocked because they already ruled him out so early. If he doesn't end up on IR, the only thing that could save him from going on IR, not the only thing, the biggest thing that could save him from going on IR is the fact that the Seals had a bye week in there. So, but – also don't want him to wait till after the bye and then put him on IR. And then that's a whole nother game sooner. He could come back if it's needed. Who knows what's going to be happening at that time. And you say, oh, well, do they really want him back? Let's see what Broderick Jones can do. Yes, I'm – you know what? This worked out about perfect for Broderick Jones because he's getting a start the week before the bye week. Probably maybe would have been starting after the bye week. I, I, I don't know, just as they were ramping him up. That was going to be a tough decision for those who are saying they should have played it from the beginning. Dan Moore Jr. was better through the preseason. Now, it doesn't mean that he's better now, injury aside, because Roger Jones is continuing to improve. And so they're they're fairly close. And I, as I said before, Roger Jones has that higher ceiling, even this season as it goes on, of what he can do. So I get all of that. Ooh. So 
it's just it, it's just interesting to see. All right, I, I got a few other things to talk about. Um, yeah, it, it's interesting because sometimes I'm going to get into some some various stats here. And uh, before I do, sometimes I get frustrated. I, I try not to do this all the time. I don't want to be a Mr. Correcty Correctorson. I don't want to do that. Uh, but so many times I just I just want to set people straight on things. There was one. It was on, I, I got into it, and, of course, someone else had to chime in, and then I had to, my goodness, um, or X or whatever it's called, Twixter, I guess is what I've been calling it. Um, Someone said, "Oh, well, look, Mike Tomlin has a has a sixteen season non losing streak. Well, Ben Roethlisberger had an eighteen season non losing streak. Not the way you phrased it, because the way streaks work in the NFL, the quarterback gets a record based on games they started. Blah blah blah. There were two years in there where Ben Roethlisberger didn't have a winning record. He didn't have a record in two thousand six. He went seven and eight." I didn't have a winning record in 2019. He was 0-2 before he got hurt. So, so Ben Roethlisberger does not did not have an 18-year non-losing non-losing season streak. Now, if you rephrase it and say the Steelers had an 18-year non-losing streak with Ben Roethlisberger during you know during Ben Roethlisberger being on the team, yeah, that would be true. But that's not the – you have to – if you're going to deviate from the standard way statistics work, you've got to explain how you're deviating it. The way it was stated before, I'm like, eh, technically, no. Ben Roethlisberger, he had 11 straight seasons. 11 straight seasons where he didn't have a, a losing record from 2006 through – or from 2007 through 2017. So it was just one of those things, and someone people wanted to argue. I'm like, don't – why and I'm going to say this a lot with stuff. Don't argue with me about the way the statistics are kept. Just the fact that I know how they're kept. Had someone else try to do that on one of our shows on YouTube that they said, and this is something we're going to talk about here soon. Oh, a touchdown is not a first down. A touchdown is a touchdown. You know what? It's not. It's not me deciding it. That's the way it works. The NFL. A touchdown is a first down. And we're going to talk about that here in the second half just a little bit um, with just one of the numbers that I'm going to be bringing up with some things. And, and they're like, that's not the way it works. No, that is how it works. That is how it works. I'm not the one setting this. That's the way the statistics are kept. Don't get mad at me for simply stating how things are. Don't kill the messenger. Anyway, I've gone a little bit long here in the first half, and I was going to do something else in the first half for the second half, but I'm going to roll because bottom line is we got to roll in to this next game. And as the title of the show says, you know, it's an AFC North matchup. This is what the Steelers need because you know why? If you look at it by the numbers, it's even worse than last week. The only thing the Steelers have going for them is that in in AFC North matchups, all bets are off. The numbers don't matter. But even though they don't matter, I'm still going to go over them. I'm also going to kick in a little bit to talk about how the the offense not being able to come from behind is bad because they can't get started either. So stick around. We'll be right back after this break.
All right, Steeler fans, here we go. We're rolling on. I know I'm a, I'm a little bit animated here, but you know what? It's what's got to happen. It's, it's the life of a Steelers fan right now. Uh, I was talking to a Tennessee Titans fan on Wednesday evening, and we're, we're kind of in the same, same boat. You don't know what team is really going to show up. And the thing is with the Steelers is they have to have the right team show up and everything go their way for them to be able to get a win. So that's that makes it really tough. Things have to go really well for the Steelers. And they have in a couple games. But that's that, that that's that's getting kind of difficult. What I what I was doing after the whole notion of this team isn't designed, this offense isn't designed to come from behind. I'm like, well, is it designed to get a lead? If it's not designed to come from behind, Coach Canada, then it's got to be designed to get a lead. So the first thing that I did is I decided, hey, I'm going to look at the first drive of every team in the NFL. Every team in the NFL, look at their first drive and look at how the Steelers compare to the rest of the NFL. This is offensively, all right? So we're looking offensively, all right? Well, first of all, when it comes to plays run, how are the Steelers doing there? Because think about it. The Steelers did not get a first down on their first drive until week four. And they got two. And then they threw an interception. But I will tell you this, that the Steelers had, I'm pretty sure they ran eight offensive plays their first drive this past week. I'll, I'll look at that again here shortly. But the Steelers, through four games, are averaging 4.3 plays on their opening drives. That is... I guess technically that is 29th in the NFL. The Falcons are averaging 3.0 plays, the Jets 3.5, and the Lions are averaging 4.0. It's interesting. The Lions either go three and out or score a quick touchdown. (laughs) That's kind of how they've gone so far. I think they have three three and outs, and then uh, when I say quick touchdown, I think it's like six or or so plays. Um, And it might not be all three and outs, but that's kind of what's going on with the Lions. But those are the only four teams under five. And the Steelers are the best of those four teams under five, but that's only at 4.3. They are averaging 4.3 plays on their opening drive. If you're not getting the ball rolling, if you're not staying on the field, it's kind of hard to get in a rhythm. You've got, if you're going to, if you aren't designed to come from behind, then you have to hit the ground running from the very first play and get things going. So that's one way to look at it. Then you look at it of, okay, well, what about scores? How many, how many teams have, have not scored on their opening drive? I'm not talking touchdown. I'm talking not scored at all. There's five teams that have not scored on their opening drive so far in 2023 through four games. Those four teams are, hey, two of them that were worse than the Steelers, the other one, the Falcons and the Jets, then the Steelers, the Vikings, and the Jaguars, believe it or not. The Jaguars had a field goal, but they up kick, but they missed it. So they haven't scored in their opening drive yet either. That's still not great company for the Steelers to be in. All right, and here's the thing. Now, when it comes to punts on the first drive, you're like, oh, well, okay, the Steelers are punting. They've only punted on half half of their opening drives because the other two have been interceptions. The Steelers this season right now have let – me, let me double check to make sure. They have turned the ball over five times, okay, five times. Two of them have been on opening drives. One of them was this past week. 
12 and one opening drives. So that's, that's not good. Okay. Then let's, 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 uh, let's really get down to the, the worst part of it. How many yards are the Steelers averaging on their opening drive? There are three teams that are averaging less than 15 yards on their first drive. Three. This is three to four weeks. Out of those three, all of them are less than 10. So there's a gap. Actually, the, I'll tell you, the, one, the, the best team of those three is the Jets, and they average eight yards. So there's a gap from eight up to 15 and a half by the Titans. So there's a significant gap to the down to the bottom three, which is the Jets at eight eight point oh, the Falcons at six point eight, and coming in a whopping thirty second in the NFL in yards per opening drive. That would be the Pittsburgh Steelers with six point zero, six yard average on the opening drive. If you're a team that's not designed to come back, then you've got to be a team that strikes quick. I mean, it doesn't have to be quick, but can actually get things going early. Well, maybe the first drive's too much to ask, Dave. Maybe, maybe it's maybe it's just that. Okay, well, you, I think Steelers fans know this. How many times do Steelers not even have a first down in the first quarter? Let's look at the first quarter, all right? We'll go here. Let's look at the first quarter. All, all the NFL, all for their four games so far, and what they've done in, in the first quarter, all right? And the thing is, there's the Steelers aren't running too many plays. The Steelers have only run 61 offensive plays in the first quarter. 61. There are three teams that are worse. So once again, that's 29th in the NFL. Denver and Atlanta have run 59, and Chicago's run 56. Wow, what great company that they are in. But hey, at least in Denver, they have five touchdowns in the first quarter. Chicago has one. Atlanta doesn't have any. They got a field goal. Okay. The Steelers do have one touchdown in the first quarter. You got to remember the, the, the Calvin Austin touchdown um, was, was in, was in the first quarter. So that's, yeah, the Calvin, yes, the Calvin Austin one had to, had to make sure I hope I wasn't, wasn't, wasn't mixing them up. So that's not good. Okay. Well, maybe, maybe not. How about yards gained in the first quarter? Okay. I think this is might be yard this is yards per play, I think. Well, once again, Steelers are, are they're tied for 30th with Green Bay, 2.3. Okay. Tennessee is 31st with two, and the Jets are 32nd with 1.7. Yikes. Yeah, not not good. Okay. Here's another one. How about first downs in the first quarter? Right, there's only two teams that don't have tr- have double digits, like Green Bay and Tennessee. They're they they're 29th and 30, or they're yeah, I guess tied for 29th. Well, both with 10. The Jets have seven, and the Steelers once again 32nd in the NFL. They've got four. They've got four first downs in the first quarter, and one of them is a touchdown. Their first first down in the first quarter this season was a touchdown. Because as I said in the first half, yes, touchdowns are considered first downs. All right, the Steelers have four first downs and three interceptions. Three interceptions. Three of the Steelers' five turnovers happen in the first quarter. All right? Steelers have three three turnovers in the first quarter through four games. The Browns have two. And 
everybody else has one or zero, and the Steelers have have three interceptions. It's it, it's just not good. And what does this do? It creates an awful lot on your defense. Now the defense isn't doing themselves as much favor by 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 holding the their opponent to three and outs or anything like that. But the Pittsburgh Steelers have had the most plays on defense in the first quarter through four games. They are just shy of the century mark. They have been on the field for 98 defensive plays. 98 defensive plays. The next closest is Green Bay with 83. Okay, 83. So the Steelers are at last, with meaning they've, they, they're, they're on the field the most on defense in the first quarter through four games, and it's not even close. So, I mean, even if they have a really good game of, you know, big long drive to start, three and out, big long drive to start, or big long, long drive to, to follow it up, and they only have three defensive plays, they're still probably going to be 32nd because they're, they're through four games, they're in that big of a hole. So, you know, it, it, it is kind of what it is, and, and it's frustrating. Um, another one on offense that I forgot I, I will say is, um, what percentage of the Steelers' plays go for first downs in the first quarter? Yeah, because they have so few first downs, obviously that's going to be low too. They're the only one that's under 10. They're 6.6%. It's it, it's not good. So, all right. Well, we're we're already running over, and I've got to get to this to this to these numbers breakdown. So, I'm going to give you the numbers quick, and the reason I'm going to give them to you quick is because I already said it in the first half. This is an AFC North game. Throw the numbers out, and thank God you need to throw the numbers out because the numbers for this matchup are bad. They are. Bad. And the only thing that could really save the Steelers is that the fact that it's one of those AFC North games and that anyone can win it. Because if you look at this on paper, the Steelers are nowhere close, nowhere close to the team in Baltimore. I mean, I, I think out of those major statistics, out of those major statistics, like I talked about comparing to Houston, once again, seven out of eight go to Baltimore. And the one that doesn't, I'll, I'll explain it as soon as we get there. And then when it comes to those splash plays, the Steelers do not have the advantage. They don't have the advantage. They have the advantage in one. They're actually tied in two of them. So let's get to it. Well, let's hit offense first. We're gonna, I'm, I'm going to do this in a little bit different order because I think it's more fun to, to go rush yards, pass yards, then look at total yards and points. Okay, so the – Let's let's talk offensively. The strength of the Ravens, they are they are the fourth best rushing team in the NFL right now, averaging 151.25 rushing yards to the Steelers 78.75, which has them 29th. So as close as the Ravens are to the top, the Steelers are even closer to the to the bottom. Mm. Mm-mm. Well, I mean, they're actually the same. They're both four, you know, they're both four away. Um, so I guess I shouldn't say they're even closer. That's how, that's what it is. Ravens are four from the top, Steelers four from the bottom. Okay, now passing yards. Shockingly, this is the one where the Steelers have an advantage. The Steelers 184.25, which is 25th in the NFL. That's right, I'm bragging about 25th because the Ravens are 26th. They're 183.75. They're a half yard less per game. And what's interesting is 
people people and I agree with this like Kenny Pickett is is the number four quarterback in the in in the division well technically the way things are going this year it's Joe Burrow but and but believe it or not the Steelers have the most passing yards in the AFC North through four games they're 25th the Ravens are 26th the Browns are 27th and the Bengals are 29th the other one that's in between Cleveland and Cincinnati is Tennessee so in other words, that's the AFC North when it comes to passing the football through four games. That's where they are. Now, when it comes to the Ravens, it's because you're running the ball. If you're running the ball that effectively, you don't have to rely on the pass. So that's how it is. So the Ravens, you know, fourth in the rush, 26th in the pass. So therefore, overall, when it comes to yards, they're 13th. 335 yards, I do believe, if I can read my, my writing correctly. Where the Steelers, yeah, they're 29th. 29th again, 20 or sorry, 263 yards a game. That's it. That's it. That's it. Now, when it comes to points, Ravens, they're 12th in the NFL. Uh, they're scoring uh, 24.75. Steelers, yeah, they're 27th, scoring 15.5. So look at these ranks. Ravens go 13, 12, 4, and 26. The Steelers go 29th, 27th, 29th, 25th. So in other words, the very best of the Steelers is barely better than the very worst of the Ravens out of those four stats. You look at sacks, both teams surrendered 11th, surrendered 11, sorry, tied for 17th. Turnovers, they both turned it over five times, tied for 13th. No separation there. Moving to the defensive numbers here real quick. So you've got the, uh, let's go with the Ravens against the pass they give up 168.25 yards. That is third in the NFL against the pass. The Steelers give up 254.5. That is 26th in the NFL against the pass. The Ravens are seventh against the run with 92.5 yards per game, where the Steelers are 29th, giving up 148.5 yards per game. My goodness. Look at this. The Steelers give up 254.5 yards through the air per game. The Ravens only give up 260.75 yards total between both of them. That has them third in the NFL, third best defense in the NFL. And they they only give up six and a quarter more yards total than what the Steelers do just through the air. And the Steelers, they're 30th overall in yardage, 403 yards a game. 30th. Now, when it comes to points, the Ravens are also third. Uh, that's I'm pretty sure that's 14.5. I'm trying to read my writing. I don't know that it's think it's 19.5 to be third, um, but I'm struggling to read that one. And it, it's late at night, so you guys can get this early in the morning. So um, it is what it is. When the Steelers, how many points did they give up a game? At 25.0, 23rd in the NFL. That's their best rank out of all those eight is points given up and they're 23rd. That's the standard right now. That's the standard. That's why none of this is good enough. Now let's look at the splash play aspect of it. The Ravens are act, have, act, are, have surpassed the Steelers in sacks this year as of last week. They have 15. They're fourth in the NFL where the Steelers have 13. They're tied for seventh. Steelers dropped from first to seventh by not getting any this past week. When it comes to takeaways, the Ravens have forced five. That has them 12th in the NFL. The Steelers have forced eight, which has them tied for fifth 
in the NFL. So that's the only one where the Steelers have an advantage. Over the, or they take the ball away more than what the Ravens have on defense. That's it. And a half yard better through the air. Other than that, they are getting smacked in all these numbers. Absolutely smacked. Now, like I say, it's early in the season, only a four-game sample size. Opponents mean a lot. The Ravens got to got to catch Houston in week one, and they, you know, trying to get their feet over under them, they got to win. See, to me, the Steelers are already chasing the Ravens because com- I like to look at common opponents, like the Steelers against the AFC South. Oh, you know, the, 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 the Steelers lost to Houston. They need the rest of the AFC North to lose to Houston. Baltimore already beat Houston. That, that creates a problem. You look at San Francisco. The Steelers lost to San Francisco. They need San Francisco to beat all the rest of the AFC North teams. That's just what they need to have happen. So, you know, the, the, the Steelers beat the Raiders. Anytime the Raiders knock off an AFC North team, that's a win for the Steelers even more. That's kind of the way that I look at it. But, man, the numbers alone should tell you that the Steelers should not be in this game. But it's AFC North football. And anything goes in AFC North football. So if the Steelers are going to – maybe AFC North football is what they need. Maybe maybe it is. Um, it's not in prime time, which is starting to worry me. Steelers have played completely flat – whenever they started at 1 o'clock. Steelers played well in the preseason. All of those were primetime games. It seems to be a bit of a trend, and it's a troubling one. So those are the numbers. Trying to give them to you. But my goodness, Steelers offense, if you're going to start, if you can't come from behind, then you have to be able to be a team that can get a lead. And right now the Steelers offense can't do either. So in other words, they're saying – it's all on the defense, which is a shame. Hey, make sure you're checking out all of our shows, all of our other podcasts. Um, you had a Steel City Insider yesterday afternoon. Uh, make sure you had to pump pump your brakes last night. Um, Shannon was away, but you still had um, uh, Tape Boy Fresh and Big G. Tonight, check out myself, Jeff Hartman, Brian Anthony Davis, on the Steelers preview. Things look, Things seem really bad for Steelers fans right now. But I, what it what blows my mind right now is that the Steelers find a way to pull off the the AFC North win and beat Baltimore. They're back to first place in the division, which just is crazy to me. But that's that's the way the NFL goes. But rather than being, who cares if you're in first place after Week Three like the Steelers were? You need to be playing a caliber of football to be in first place after Week Eighteen. That's when it matters. So there it is. This is all I got for you, Steelers fans. Hopefully this team can go out and defy the numbers on Sunday. That's why I'm going to tune in to see. And as I always say, to close these out, thanks for geeking out. 